Hi, welcome to Trained. At Nike, we believe that greatness isn't born, it's trained. And that means more than just a workout. Each episode, we'll bring you conversations with leading experts in what we call the five facets of fitness. Training, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. I'm Ryan Flaherty, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. I train some of the world's best athletes, like Saquon Barkley, Russell Wilson, and Marcus Mariota. Today, we're focusing on how to prepare for life's biggest moments and how to stay resilient when those moments don't go as planned. You're listening to Trained, presented by Nike. I felt like it was my time, and it wasn't. I was devastated because I just couldn't understand, like, what else could I have done? Mm -hmm. Like, I sacrificed (laughs) so much for this moment. And now you're telling me I have to wait four more years (laughs) to get another opportunity to run 21 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is overwhelming. That's Allison Felix, world champion sprinter and Olympic gold medalist. Over the course of her career, Allison has won nine Olympic medals. She's also won 16 IAAF World Championships, making her the most decorated athlete in track and field history. While the world knows her as one of the greatest sprinters of all time, Allison considers herself both an athlete and a new mom, who's rebuilding her training routine to win big at the 2020 Olympics. Allison and I share a lot of things in common. We both got our start in track and field, we're both new parents, And we both think about how our families, coaches, and training communities have helped us reach some of our biggest milestones. We also think about the connection between recovery and nutrition in the same way. Recent research is showing that what we eat impacts how we recover. Recovery and nutrition might not seem related, but remember, all five facets of fitness are connected. The foods we eat can protect our bodies from injuries and allow us to get back in the gym day after day. Let's start by talking about inflammation. Inflammation happens when our immune system detects an oncoming cold or an infection. You might think of inflammation as part of your body turning red, hot, or swollen. That just means the body is sending white blood cells and immune cells, helping us to fight off illnesses or heal from injuries quickly. But chronic inflammation can take a serious toll on your body. Studies show how chronic inflammation can lead to heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, even depression. And while you can take medicine to reduce inflammation, Research supports that foods with anti-inflammatory properties are a good, if not better, way to improve recovery. To strengthen your ability to recover, you could try to incorporate some of these anti-inflammatory foods into your diet. Things like olive oil and nuts such as walnuts or almonds. You could try to replace fattier, processed meats like steak or sausage with salmon or tuna. And, of course, green leafy vegetables like spinach and kale also have these anti-inflammatory properties. On the flip side, there are certain foods that cause inflammation. You can probably guess what they are. Fried foods, soda, processed carbohydrates like white bread, and lard. And on top of that, these foods are not nutrient-dense. They make us slower, more tired, and less likely to have energy and stamina to work out. These foods make us more prone to injury and slower to bounce back. Allison says nutrition has been a journey for her. At the beginning of her career, She focused on putting on weight to make sure her body was strong enough to keep up with her training schedule. And now, as a new mother, she's focused on eating for recovery, making sure that she can stay resilient. And above all else, she's focused on making sure her diet is balanced. That's the empowering part of experimenting with these anti-inflammatory foods. You don't have to change your whole diet. Start with adding some spinach to your morning smoothie or grilling up a tuna steak when you'd normally opt for red meat. 
progress is about adjusting your diet to maximize your recovery. Allison will tell us more about her own nutrition plan and how eating for recovery has helped her accomplish training goals. So now, let's get to that conversation. Well, Allison, first, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. <laughs> and congratulations on your baby. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll get into that in a bit. But I want to like first start out. So I read that you actually didn't start really competing and running until high school, right? So how, yeah. did, how did you find track and field, which is now what you're so well known for? Yeah, I really kind of just stumbled on it. Um, I was at a new school and I didn't know many people. And my brother, he was at a different school, but he was running. And so him and my dad kind of just encouraged me to come out for the team, really to meet new people. Hmm. And I did. And I just like immediately fell in love with the sport. I was always I knew I was like super competitive. And so I think just the idea of like right away you could know like who's the fastest and Mm -hmm. it just drew me in and just um it was a whirlwind you know once I started and fell in love with it and just um was all into it after that so you I mean going as a high school because you turned pro after high school I did right you still you still went to USC for school but you but you're competing as a regular student yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) which is awesome so going pro at that young of an age I'm sure there's there was probably a lot coming around you I mean I know I work with a lot of athletes and it's really eye-opening for a lot of them is when they do end up turning pro all these people coming out of the woodwork for everything you can think of Mm -hmm. right and then your brother ended up being your agent like how important was that for you in terms of keeping you grounded and having that support system around you that because as a young person it's probably easy to be taken advantage of if you don't have that right yeah it was super tough i think mostly because our family didn't really know track and field like that. You know, we were new to the sport. Which is kind of rare, right? Because, I mean, most people that do track, they come from a track exactly. family. They way. start at, like, five years old, yeah, and they yeah. know the whole deal. And so that wasn't our case at all. We were brand new to it. Didn't know professional track and field. Didn't know how it worked. And so what really helped me was just being able to trust that I knew my family was going to do the best that they could, and they were going to have my best interests in mind. And so that's what we did. You know, we tried to like research and, you know, talk to people and just make the best situation that we could. But I would say that that support system really made the difference for me to be successful. I couldn't have done it without them um, because it was a lot. It was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. You know, as a 17 year old, I didn't know what I was in for. Yeah. How I mean, how important is that for you to have a team around you to help support you? Is it it really big for you? Uh, To me, it's everything. Is it? It's what helps you be able to accomplish you don't accomplish any of this stuff by yourself yeah I mean building the team and getting it right like it takes time to get it right and to even learn like what you need you know Mm -hmm. what you need to ask for and what works for you I mean it's taken years and years to be able to know exactly like what the team should look like but um, finally got it right you know down from the coach and the management to you know chiropractic and massage Mm -hmm. and strength coach it's like it's a lot of people that takes to really put you at your best performance. For sure. At what point did you realize like that you really had a shot to make a career out of this? Was it in high school? Was it because I mean, yeah. you, you, you had some ridiculous times in high school, like some of your PRs, like in your 200 are some amazing times for a high school runner to run. So was there a time in your career where you ran a race and you're like, well, maybe I actually could like turn pro in this. What Maybe this could be a long term thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I had no aspiration at all to like <laughs> Olympics or anything um, professional. I didn't even know really that it could be a profession. But it was, it was like my senior year and I was um, 
I ran a race in Mexico City. My high school coach did an amazing job of putting me in great situations. You know, he allowed me to some opportunities to race against professional athletes. And so it was a race in Mexico City where I actually won the race. And I was completely shocked that I did. (laughs) I had ran at the time what was the fastest time in the world. And that was when kind of got the buzz that like, okay, I might be able to go pro from here and that this, you know, this could be my job and all of that. And the Olympics were the next year. And so that's when everything really started to um, to kind of form in my head that, okay, this is this could be real. How much has your the training you do for your sport changed from then, from high school to to where you are today? Because you've been in the sport a while now and and you've probably seen some newer things come in, but a lot of the same foundational things probably staying the same. You know, it's become more intense, definitely more volume and all of that. But I would say like some of the just basic skills that I learned in high school, like specifically like warming up. You know, my warm-up has not really changed that much from high school, you know, mm-hmm. um, jogging and stretching and all those things, you know, it's just a great foundation to go on. And so those things really haven't changed. I mean, some of the, you know, training philosophies and the actual workouts, you know, have definitely altered and, you know, become uh, it's on a professional level. For sure, yeah. Okay, so Getting into a little bit, we talk a lot around this podcast, kind of the five facets of performance and then being recovery, sleep, mindset, nutrition and training. What is your mindset? What is your thought when you're at the race line, when you're in the starting block there, they're announcing names going down the line? Yeah. You're about to step in. Like, what are some of the things you talk to yourself at that point? At that point, it's like I'm ready, you know. Typically, like if it's a major championship, I always look back at my workouts. I log everything and I look back and I see the work that I've done. And that just helps me to know that I am prepared. And that gives me confidence. Like I've done everything I need to. Like this is the easy part. The race is the easy part. The tough part was like what I already did, the training. And so like actually physically being able to look at those intense, crazy workouts and then like knowing like this is the last piece of the puzzle. Just show the world what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then just, you know, focused in on, okay, what do I need to do to accomplish that? For most people that are listening, you know, I, I think we've talked a lot about, like, things going really well. How do you – because, I mean, the Olympics with people – a lot of people who don't – aren't in it living it every day don't realize is that it's at every four years. So yeah. if it doesn't go the way you plan <laughs> – it's not f- till four more years later. <laughs> yes. And very few people make multiple Olympics. I mean, it's very yeah. rare to do that, right? Everyone in the world, people listening, experience failure. It's just part of life. You yeah. got to fail a bunch of times in order for you to succeed. Mm-hmm. How do you handle a big moment like the Olympics to where it doesn't go your way or the, or the trials where it didn't work out the yeah. way you were hoping for? It's tough. You know, at the beginning of my career, I didn't know how to do that. I had some some tough times. I remember in 2008, I was the favorite. Uh, It was my second Olympics. And I thought it was my moment. I had done everything I could to prepare. I felt like I had sacrificed. Like, you know, I, I felt like it was my time. And it wasn't. I ended up losing to the same person that I lost to in the first Olympics. You know, I got another silver medal. And I was devastated because I just couldn't understand, like, what else could I have done? Mm-hmm. Like, I sacrificed <laughs> so much for this moment. And now you're telling me I have to wait four more years <laughs> to get another opportunity to run 21 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it just is overwhelming. Thankfully, I think what I did slowly learn is that 
it's your group of people, it's your team that helps you, that can see that vision when you can't, that can encourage you to kind of pick up the pieces. So took some time away and really had to have a conversation with myself. Am I, is this something that I really want? Do I want it bad enough to do another four years and there's no guarantee that it's going to work out? Mm-hmm. Like, does it mean that much to me? Um, and for me, the answer was yes. And I was able to, um, and then I think I, I shifted into realizing that it wasn't about just the destination. It wasn't just about winning, but it was about the process and mm-hmm. what learning along the way and, you know, these lessons and just the journey. And that's when it kind of clicked for me that it's, I want to win. Like, that is what I want. But it's also about, like, how do I get there and the lessons and the process along the way that is really what's kind of most important. You're the most decorated athlete in women's track and field. And recently you just had a, probably the biggest life change that can happen to a human being, which is yeah. you had a baby, <laughs> which is amazing. So congrats yes, on thank that. Thank you so much. Um, I can relate. It's just the most amazing experience ever. However, I'm not still competing. So, for, <laughs> and I, like, your goal is to be back in the Olympics in 2020. Mm-hmm. Talk me through that. Like how getting back to training again, like how has that process gone for you? It's been a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. It's It definitely is very like life changing. Um, but I think because I knew all along, you know, what my goal was, it made it easier just to always have that in my mind, you know, from the day, you know, that I found out I was pregnant all the way through, you know, I had a plan. I had, I, I trained all the way through. Um, I was very serious about that, but also still embracing that my body was changing and, yeah. um, and that, there, you know, this amazing thing was happening with me, but also being very intentional about my training regimen and how I wanted to come back and what that was going to look like in timeframes and all of that stuff. Yeah. You can talk to as many people as you can and do the best you can to anticipate, but there's no way to plan for it because it's just every pregnancy is so different. What was one of the biggest challenges for you through that process? Like once you had had your daughter like coming back in, what was one of the biggest challenges since you've had her? Well, probably the biggest challenge would be just rest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, for me, I was a person who loved sleep. I love sleep um, just completely. Like mm-hmm. I would need eight hours. I would need a nap after training. Like that's just me. That's how I operate. And so realizing that that doesn't happen anymore, that's not like <laughs> yeah. how life works, um, is was a big challenge. But then, you know, you adjust and you realize like, wow, I got four hours and I feel really good mm-hmm. and I'm like ready to go. And so things just like change because you have to and yeah. you just, you know, you go with it. For sure. How about from a mindset standpoint, how has your, your daughter changed you? You know, maybe priorities or just your goals or how you how you think? Is, is yeah. anything big changes happen there? Completely. Just motivation. You know, I think before I was, I'm a super competitive person. I always want to win. And so that consumed me, you know, but to now it's kind of like the reason why I want to win and the reason why I want to do things. You know, I want to be a good example. I want to show her the correct way to do things, what strong looks like. I want to be like that model and just, you know, give her like this real example mm-hmm. of, you know, what that is. For sure. So one of the facets we haven't talked about yet is nutrition. Can you talk about your nutrition a little bit? Like what is it that you do? Do you follow? Do you have a way of eating? And if anything has changed since you've had a baby? Yeah. Nutrition for me has kind of been a journey um, of trying to figure out like what works for me before, like early on in my career, I was more focused on like trying to put on weight and trying to like have enough strength to be able to withhold the training. It's kind of altered since then and just been able to 
more focused on, you know, eating foods to help me to have my best performance and to be able to recover. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, it's an interesting phase right now where I'm kind of just more balanced. You know, I'm coming back and just making sure that I have enough energy and fuel. And for me, I'm I'm really big on I want to get all I don't take any, any supplements. So I want to get all my nutrition for my food and what that looks like. So in the past, I've worked with, you know, nutritionists um, and, you know, I've done blood testing to see like where I'm deficient mm-hmm. and kind of what foods I need to focus on to be able to give me what I'm lacking. It turns out to be just a really balanced diet, nothing too crazy, but just, you know, moderation and just making sure that I'm eating enough to be able to fuel like the really intense workouts and the long yeah. days that I do have. Yeah. So you talk about moderation. Like, do you have a cheat day? Do you give yourself a day of where course. you, <laughs> so what is your, what is your cheat meal? What's your go-to? Um, I love ice cream. Um, but oh, gosh, I love, I, I really love snacking. And okay. so, you know, powdered sugar donuts, <laughs> like all the things, all the little sweets and things like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm big into Absolutely. <laughs> what was your go-to ice cream? I love cookie dough and cookies and cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these go ones. on and on. <laughs> yeah. From the blood work you did, is there anything that like kind of came up for you that you knew you needed to make a change or, or maybe remove a, t- a food that you had been eating for most of your life? Um, it, it more like the areas that I was lacking in, um, was just kind of more eye opening because it wasn't, I wasn't aware at all. You know, I felt I didn't really feel any different, but once I did change my diet and kind of put in some of the different things that were suggested to me, I felt I was able to recover better. And that's, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing that I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't realize that I wasn't recovering Mm -hmm. as well as I could, but as when I made those changes, I'm like, wow, I actually do feel a difference. I feel better. I feel like I'm able to have like two hard days in a row and yeah, just train more efficient. What does your recovery look like in a given week? Like what are some of the things you're, you're using to help your body bounce back from these, from hard training sessions? Yeah, so I I'll have like a recovery day, which will be in the middle of my week for me. It's um it's my Wednesday, and so I take that day to either do like a longer run. I might get in the pool and do something, and then that's a day that I will get a massage. I'll get chiropractic work, and I'll just try to like take it easy. And then now, like at this stage of my career and at this age, um, I might have like another day where if I don't feel like I can be on the track. I'll be in the pool. Yeah. And so just really being able to like listen to my body and be in tune with like how I feel and what I need. Um, I think when I was younger, I was so I just felt like I had a go, go, go. You know, I felt like if I can't take a day off because, you know, I'm going to miss out on this workout. And now at this stage, I realize that, you know, I just have to be smarter, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I need a day off. It's going to be better for me to take a day off than to, you know, to have the effects of the workout um, on my body. And so just really like being in tune with that. But yeah, I ice bath and um, stretching, um, all of that is is crucial. And just being able to feel good and make sure that everything is good with my body. I'm glad you mentioned that because for me as a trainer and working with athletes, the pool is such an underrated tool. It's something <laughs> yeah. that like, I just don't think people realize how important, how good it can be for you, especially exactly. when, you know, you're somebody who you log a lot of miles or if you're, you're a runner, you know, your joints can need a break and yeah. you can get just as good if not more of a workout yeah. in a pool than anywhere else so what what does your pool workout look like 
Um, there's all different kinds, but I do a lot of running in the pool. And yeah. so a lot of deep water running, which we call it. And, like with um, a, b- a belt float. Exactly. Belt, yeah. A belt and um, kind of like a harness situation and where I'm either sprinting or doing some type of long run um, in the water. And like you said, it's very underrated. There, I mean, there's days I'd much rather be for on sure. the track than in the pool. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be brutal. Yeah, no, for <laughs> um, sure. But it's an amazing tool. I'm, even when I um, had a really bad that injury, what we were able to accomplish in the pool was just incredible, you know, where you come out and, you know, you didn't miss that much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do a lot of those. And then a lot of plyos in the pool as well, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of jumps and box jumps in there um, and some weighted stuff. Yeah. What does a week look like on the track for your running workouts? Like what, what are some of the, do you do like a high, low kind of like, you know, high intensity sprint work and then more of a tempo day? Like how does it, how does it work? for you on the track? Yeah, it depends on what time of year it is. But typically, you know, I'll have a um, I'll have a couple tempo days where I'm, you know, really focused on the volume, but just like tempo and working on my endurance and all of that. I'll have some speed endurance days where, you know, I'm going fast, but at for a longer um, period. And then I'll have some sprint days, which is just pure ballistic. We're working on mechanics. We might be doing block work. Um, we might be focusing on, you know, um, acceleration and technique through that. Um, and so those are kind of the typical workouts that we'll kind of cycle through. Got you. What, what, give me one of your favorite kind of tempo days. What, what's a workout that you would do? Like I don't when, have favorite tempo I know. days. Okay, so give me <laughs> one, of, is not fun. <laughs> is one of your favorite running um, workouts then. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I should have known that. Tempo is not my friend. Um, I love 150s. Um, We'll do a workout. We call it ins and outs. And you'll run a 150. You'll walk 50 meters and you'll run another 150. Mm -hmm. And we'll do like maybe three sets of that. Um, I enjoy that workout. It can get kind of intense as you the faster that you do it. Yeah. Um, but I, the 150 is a good distance. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a great middle. <laughs> Makes yeah, me happy. For sure. <laughs> 200 kind of was your like main mm-hmm. race. What are you working towards in 2020? Um, most likely I'll run the 400. Um, I'm not sure if I'll run the 200 as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to see how this year goes sure. and, and building into next year. And But yeah, definitely focusing in on the 400 and just, you know, I feel like you constantly have to reinvent yourself. Allison and I dive deep into how she has learned to prepare for moments that are beyond her control. And more importantly, how to bounce back after facing some of the biggest challenges in her life. So stick around. We'll be right back. Allison has a big, supportive training community. She's got her brother, her coach, her teammates, so many people around her. Not everyone has a training community like Allison's. But that doesn't mean you can't build your own support system. If you're a trainer, join a community of trainers looking to make fitness better for everyone. Learn from leading experts in training, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. And get an exclusive 30% discount on Nike gear. Apply at nike.com slash ntcpro. For the general fitness population out there who have maybe never done a track workout, what about it can be good for them in terms of like adding that to their training routine? Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time that go to your like a local track or whatever and do a workout there and like 
with the amount of time that it takes to run however many miles you're going to do, like this is, you can be so efficient with it. It's such a great workout. And I encourage people just to start with whether it's, you know, jog the the um, the curve and mm-hmm. walk the straight, like start there and just keep building up. Um, you can get so much done and it's full body. You know, like you said, that workout that you guys did, you feel completely spent and drained. Like you got, you got it in for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I always encourage people to do that. So whether it's, and do it what sprinting is to you, you know, and for sure. um, kind of build off of that. So I'm always encouraging people to do track workouts because I think everyone, you kind of, your first thought is, okay, I'm going to go for a run and you know, who really has like an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. to be running yeah, you know i for mean sure. if you can get a 45 minute workout in at the track i think you can really do a whole lot in that amount of time so talk about your strength training a little bit like what is it what does a typical week look like for you um i'm about four days in the gym and um i'm doing everything from olympic lifts to a lot of stuff with my own body weight um a lot of free weights a lot of plyometrics heavy on plyometrics mm-hmm. um a lot of stuff with just like movement and um, what it would actually translate to the track. So I might do some sled work. um, uh, Yeah, stuff focused on technique as well. Yeah. How much do you do do much upper body? Yeah, a a good amount of upper body. Do you Um, do like upper body, lower body splits throughout the week? Or do you kind of focus on more like full body workouts? I might have a day that's full body. um, But yes, we will. It will it will coincide with what's happening on the track. And so if, you know, we're going to have a crazy tempo day, I might be focused on upper body and and then have my leg heavy leg leg day after whatever the bulk of on the track uh, where I need my legs is done and then some workouts will be designed that he wants me to have heavy legs and you know I'll I'll have that in my legs going into the track workout yeah how big is core for you is core core a big part of your routine it is yeah and now more than ever yeah right I know I'm learning um yeah completely educated myself I think before I gave birth. I had heard so many different stories mm-hmm. about like what your core is like afterwards. And I was just like clueless. I didn't really know, you know, who to listen to or, you know, what philosophy to take. And yeah. so it's been really interesting as I like rebuild my core and like recondition it and learn the proper way to do that. Um, it's been really interesting. Because it's got to be different setting goals that are like a little, like, you know, little goals that you're probably not used to having to go back and set again because yeah. you've been performing at such a high level for so long. How do you me- mentally handle that? Do you just give yourself the grace knowing like, hey, I've just been through one of the craziest things the human body can? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I'm not good at it. Like, <laughs> I'm not good at being patient with myself. So <laughs> thankfully, I have like an amazing support system around me that is able to like help me put things in perspective because I'm a planner and so I was like you know through the entire pregnancy like this is where I need to be this is you know I wanted to be hitting the same times like mm-hmm. that I was before I was pregnant and realizing that that's not always <laughs> yeah. that's not always going to happen um, and then just having you know what I thought was um, you know at week four postpartum like this is where this is what I want to be doing um, just kind of laying it all out and then having some having someone else like look over that plan and collaborate with you is key because mm-hmm. for me, you know, what I thought I could be doing at four weeks after wasn't necessarily what's going to be best for my body. And I think it's just like checking myself on that. And it's like, OK, look, you you want to be more patient with yourself now than to put yourself in a hole and 
you know, to do more damage and it's going to take longer to come back from it. So it is a hard balancing process, especially for, you know, someone who's really ambitious and, you know, I'm on a timeline and I feel like, you know, I need to get this done. Um, But having those days where it's like, okay, I'm going to take an extra day rest Mm -hmm. because I need it and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You talked about other female athletes reaching out to you that have had you know, babies and, and yeah. still competed and talk about that, that support system. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing just the community of women that are out there. I mean, it's such a difficult thing being a professional athlete and figuring out when is the right time to have a family. Yeah. I mean, nothing is made easy for you. Um, <laughs> nothing stops for you. Um, you got to jump right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a difficult process even saying like, okay, Like now I'm going to be you feel like you have to be like brave and courageous to say, like, now is the time, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, whereas like I don't think anyone else really has to do that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I think we um, bond over that for sure. Like, you know, really just like going for it and saying, especially as an Olympic athlete, because everything is like done in these four year cycles. And it's like, okay, well, if I do it now. You know, I have how many years to the Olympics? Like you're always constantly like thinking that. And I think it's it's not the way you should think. Mm. You know, it's not um, a positive thing. I And I hope that it's I hope it changes for the next generation. Like, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think like this is where we should be. Um, but I think because you don't have any other choice, it's like, um, you know, <laughs> it's your so job. It works, and, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? You've got to feel like in a way that what you've just been through, I mean, having a baby is, is like that's got to like give you some even extra like confidence in terms of what your body can do. Completely. Right? I mean, yeah, you've gone through this life changing experience and super tough. And for me, you know, I had a very difficult uh, delivery and even after that, like spending a lot of time in the hospital with my daughter. And so kind of coming out of that, I just feel super blessed to even be able to be in a position to be getting ready to compete. And so I feel like very grateful and getting back on the track was really this interesting experience where just a lot of gratitude, like Mm. this is what I love to do. And I feel so good that I I'm in a position where I can do this because there was moments where like I wasn't sure, you know, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If this is going to happen. Also, just I felt like before I really took health for granted, you know, Mm. like my health, like I've always been healthy. I've always known like what to eat, how to exercise. And I think when you get in those moments where that's threatened, um, where I was, you know, I spent we spent a month in the NICU and just being around so much illness. um, It's a lot. And I just really had to check myself like Mm. all these years, you know, there's so many people who they don't have their health. Right. And so being able to come back and feel good and like, you know, come through the process and start this journey back. I I just my gratitude is like, you know, unmatched right now, just being able to get back to what I love. How do you dealing with that mindset shift and being able to still is it just giving yourself grace? Like, how do, how do you handle handle the, the shift in priorities for you? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how it works together because it is, yeah, my daughter is my number one priority, but I still have this passion to be on the track. And so I think it's the support system. It's, um, it's like 
your group, your your people helping you to be able to fulfill, you know, this passion and this dream that I still have. And so, you know, if it was just me, I wouldn't able, be able to do it. But I, you know, I have an amazing support system. It takes who, a village, right? Yeah, completely, <laughs> yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it's about, you know, putting me in the best position to make it easier on me to be able to accomplish this. And you're like we talked about before, mo- motivation changes and shifts. And the reason why why I'm really you know driven to do it is a little different now but it's just so much more meaningful now Mm -hmm. you know it's definitely changed yeah there's a sports psychologist that told me that he defines confidence as how you talk to yourself Mm. um, which I thought was really interesting I had Mm -hmm. not thought of it like that a lot of times you got to tell yourself like no no we're doing this like we're pushing (laughs) through this because your body's like I'm out like I'm done with this workout but you've got to get that one more rep or you know push yourself past that that injury that you're feeling and know like you just got to block it out so what is your internal dialogue like yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because I do feel like that's um, the difference between athletes a lot of times where for me, when I go into a workout internally, there's not an option not to finish it. There's mm. not an option that I'm not going to do this like <laughs> I just am, even if it doesn't look like, you know, maybe what it's supposed to um I'm going to finish even if I have to walk across this line, you know, so I think that's what it is. And just, yeah, telling myself there's there's no other option, you know, there might be a little encouragement Mm -hmm. (laughs) along the way, um, like we're doing this uh, type of thing, um, paired with, you know, the coach letting me know as well (laughs) that we're doing this. Um, But yeah, just I guess I, I would mostly say like not giving myself an out. What does process mean to you? Because so many of the top athletes that you hear interviewer talk, they, mm-hmm. they, they mention process all the time. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you? For me, it's like starting at nothing or starting from scratch and being able to like build your way to your goal. And so for me, I always work backwards. So whatever the year is, you know, I set my goals and I look, what is it going to take to accomplish that? And to me, the process is like the little steps along the way, those little goals of like building, building, building to get to that ultimate goal and being able to track it, being able to see, you know, there might be a setback and, um, you know, I might, you know, need to go back and kind of change the plan a little bit. Yeah. But just um, constantly progressing um, to that ultimate goal, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that process really relates just to your schedule, right? Like you sticking yeah. to a plan and, and every day executing on that plan. By the time, you know, Sunday rolls around, you you know that you put all of the, it's like what you mentioned, it's your reminder that you put all the work in, like it's all already done. Yes. Now it's just like, go let it out, go have yeah. fun with it, right? Yeah. And it relates to so many different aspects of life. Like you said, it's not, I mean, yeah, I'm an athlete, but that can be the same for a business person mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever your goal is, you know, you have to have a, a map to get there and a yeah. way to accomplish it. And, and we all have setbacks. We all have failures when it just doesn't come together. And and then it's figuring out like, OK, how do I pick up the pieces to continue on or what does maybe it doesn't look like what you've built it up to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for me, because I had wanted to win that gold medal so bad and because I had bought, came short multiple times before I think that when it finally happened I was like oh my gosh it doesn't really feel like what I thought it was (laughs) gonna feel like you know I built it up to be like everything and I'm like wow it was really like the years along the way that's like you know the joy is like in that whole process yeah yeah absolutely so what is what does the process look like for 2020 What, what what is the goal that you're working towards? The goal is, you know, to come away with gold medals. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it looks like, you know, this year, um, hopefully, 
making a world championship team and um, doing well there and building off that momentum and having like a great final Olympics and um, like on my terms, you know, feeling like I want to leave, you know, the way that I want to. And so it's a tough process because especially, you know, coming off the birth and all of that. But it's something that like I know that I can do. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for this different type of challenge. You know, yeah. I've always kind of looked for challenges and whether it's like, oh, do a double or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And like, I'm like, OK, this is a good one. Yeah, you picked a good one. Dang. I mean, <laughs> this is a good like, one. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> Last question. If you were to go back and talk to yourself at 16 years old, what would be the one thing you would tell yourself knowing everything you know now be patient (laughs) like be patient and be kind to yourself like don't beat yourself up this is got a long journey ahead (laughs) that's awesome that's perfect I think you're a great example for people young girls everyone out there to pay attention to and listen to so thank you so much for taking the time we really appreciate it oh thank you that means a lot I appreciate it yeah absolutely thank you thank you you. thank you so much (laughs) Allison has already achieved so much throughout her career and shows no signs of stopping anytime soon. After hearing about her determination to win an Olympic gold medal, her pregnancy, and her training philosophy, our conversation left me thinking about this. Allison has spent so much time preparing for her biggest milestones. Whether that was winning a gold medal or training right up until her due date, Allison is someone who plans ahead, down to the moment that everything is supposed to come together. But Allison has faced setbacks. Her early delivery disrupted her training plans. Four weeks after giving birth, she wasn't able to hit her running goals. But rather than letting that stop her, she continues working towards hitting those benchmarks because she knows that success takes time. No matter how much you prepare, sometimes your dream doesn't turn out to be your destiny. Your goals might not go according to plan, but it's important to stay resilient, to celebrate the milestones rather than just the end result. The best athletes in the world know how to be proud of their short-term goals so that if they don't achieve that one big goal, they can bounce back and keep going. Allison said it's important to be kind to yourself, to be patient with yourself. We should all take some time to show ourselves compassion and to reframe the way we think about success. It's not only about the end goal, it's also about the process. Trained is produced by Nike Training Club. If you're looking to take your training routine to the next level, check out the Nike Training Club app In it, you'll find holistic guidance and free workouts designed by Nike experts. It's a great way to stick with your training goals, no matter how much time you have, where you are, or what's going on in your life. Go check it out. That's Nike Training Club app, available on both Android or iOS. Thanks for listening to Trained. If you like what you hear, please help spread the word about the show. Go to your podcast app, rate and review the show, and let us know what you think. Your feedback matters. And we want to keep making great episodes for you to listen to. Like our next episode with Melissa Hartwig-Urban, a certified sports nutritionist and the CEO and creator of the Whole30 program. This is Trained. Talk to you soon. Consult your doctor before engaging in an exercise program of any kind, especially if you have a medical condition. Use good judgment and common sense about your own fitness level and ability when engaging in a training program. If something doesn't feel right, stop immediately and seek medical attention as necessary.